Hi, everyone. I'm Arti Maharaj, Managing Director of Ethisphere's Bella South Asia Chapter. Thank you so much for joining us on this exclusive South Asia Ethicast. And once again, on behalf of the Ethisphere team, we would like to extend a warm welcome to all of our attendees joining us from different markets around the globe at this year's sixth annual South Asia Ethics Summit. As you know, our theme this year is placing a focus on a community of leaders working together to identify, measure, and enact meaningful progress. And as we reflected on this theme, we thought about the influential companies that we have the privilege of working with over the years. And we immediately thought about the Mahindra Group, headquartered in Mumbai and is an established global powerhouse and global leader on many fronts. The Mahindra Group's work over the years continues to inspire, connect, and celebrate a global community driven by strong business integrity. To that end, I am thrilled to have this opportunity to feature two leaders from the Mahindra Group who graciously volunteered their time and expertise to provide this year's executive remarks on Epicast and at our South Asia Ethics Summit. With that, speaking on the topic of ethical leadership, I'd like to introduce Mr. Rajesh Jujurikar, Executive Director and CEO, Auto and Farm Sector at Mahindra and Mahindra, and Mr. Ruzvi Irani, President, Group HR at the Mahindra Group. Welcome both, Rajesh and Ruzvi. Hi, hi, Arti. Thank you so much for joining hi, us before. Thank you, Ruzvi, and, and for your leadership in this space. Um, we appreciate your ongoing collaboration as a founding member of our Bella South Asia community. Rajesh, I will start with you first um, and jump right into it here. As an executive leader at Mahindra and Mahindra, could you tell us a little bit more about your role? Yeah, so I basically oversee two businesses, which is the automotive business and the farm equipment business. Uh, at the Mahindra Group. I'm also on the board of Mahindra and Mahindra Limited and some other good companies. Uh, so just quickly on our, a minute on the businesses, a minute less than that. Uh, the automotive business is primarily in India, but we have international business as well. Uh, we are the number one SUV player in India by revenue market share and the number one light commercial vehicle player. And we're also into electric last mile mobility like three meters, uh, where we have a market share of about 65%. So we basically play in multiple automotive segments. Uh, in the farm equipment business, we are the number one tractor player with a 42% market share. Uh, we have a global business there, uh, strong presence in North America, Turkey, uh, Brazil as well, and Japan. So, you know, business which is in India and overseas. and. Uh, very large number of uh, people, both uh, in the white collar and as work and collar category. Well, so that's a little about what I do. Thank you for that, uh, Rajesh. I, I appreciate it and certainly sets the context for today. I'll hand it over to Roosby, um to provide a brief introduction of himself as well. Hi, everybody. A very good day to all of you. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be. Uh, uh, a very brief introduction on myself. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm the group head of human resources for the Mahindra Group. We are a, we are a very diversified group uh, uh, operating across a large number of industries. 
uh, we have 260,000 people worldwide when we are, and our global turnover is to the tune of $20 billion. Uh, I, besides being the uh, group head of HR, I'm also the chief ethics officer of the group, uh, a role which I take as seriously as my group HR head role. It's absolutely critical. And I've had the pleasure and privilege of being associated with Bella uh, as one of the founding members in India. Looking forward to the next 15 minutes. Thank you so much for that, Rusby. And, and we're certainly excited to have such a high level um, of leaders from the Mahindra Group involved. And I, as I mentioned earlier, that context as we focus in on the topic of ethical leadership. Uh, with that, I'll move back to you here, Rajesh, and jump right into it again. Over the years, as we think about this idea, the concept and models have evolved and changed to reflect the current environment, um, especially the one where we make decisions. Um, but one thing remains consistent, which is the commitment from leaders to create more value and really shape those environments where decisions are made. With that in mind, um, to you, what does it mean to be an ethical leader? Yeah, so uh, I'll be happy to you know, talk a little about on our, our ethics journey. Uh, we have been a value-based company from the time we've been founded in 1945. So you know, the story around ethics and values is not new to the group, but it gets sharpened with time and like you said, contextualized and uh, rele made relevant uh, to every generation of leaders who comes in. I'm going to talk about a couple of things at this point of time. The first is uh, what we believe are leadership behaviors. And this is more recently articulated in this manner. Uh, so the last two and a half, three years, we've defined three key leadership behaviors, but most importantly, one must-have behavior. And we call this ECAB. So let me first do the CAB part of the ECAB. Uh, C is for collaboration, A is for rigidity, B is for bold. And the reason we put E first is it's the bedrock of every leadership behavior, and that's ethics. So which is why the leadership behaviors are summarized as ECAB. And the E is the non-negotiable part. So you could be in a range of scores or rating on the three other leadership behavioral attributes, which is C or A or B. But on ethics, it's a zero-one scoring. So either you are an ethical leader or you're not. Uh, it's an important part of every promotion decision in the organization. We do 360-degree apart from everything else uh, to validate how ethical uh, our leaders are. But to your question, ethics goes way beyond just the leadership behavior. It's also about choice of businesses. Uh, would we get into choosing a business which we think may take us into an unethical territory? Uh, I think that's also a part of strategic choice making that leaders have to make, uh, which is do we play into businesses where we create positive impact uh, rather than play into businesses where there could be a possibility of unethical behavior. So that is one of the important choice making decisions that we as leaders make. Uh, it's very important in leading uh, uh, ethical behavior that we as leaders walk the talk and demonstrate ethical behavior in everything that you do, however small uh, that, you know, that expenditure may be. So, you know, for example, 
if you're sending a courier out, I'm just taking an extreme example, uh, on a per personal reason from office, do you make sure that you pay for it? So I strongly believe that leaders have to be so much above board that uh, you know no one can ever doubt that the leader is operating at the highest level of ethics and integrity. And I think that is the most important leadership signal to begin with, which is how clearly above board are you in every transaction that you do? And, uh, you know, you have to lead as leaders by example. The very important, other important part, and we can talk about that as we go through the conversation and I'll hand it uh, back to you in a second, is around the messaging and communication around uh, leadership. So one is demonstrating leadership behavior, but also how do you communicate uh, that ethics is very important in leadership behavior and what kind of processes uh, we would put in place to enable that. So back to you, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really well said. And, and uh, this is the point where we really pause and take stock of all that was said. And as I think about this even further in the theme and impacting meaningful progress, it's really about challenging yourself to take that next step and here you've you've said it, uh, Rajesh. It's all about. It comes down when you walk the talk. It's about creating a better and more equal world where everyone is empowered to to rise together. And staying on that topic of rise, this takes me um, to my next question, which is for you, Rusby, who can really drill down on this further. Rusby, in your view, how is ethics infused in Mahindra's culture and actions? And and what really forms the bedrock of the framework followed at Mahindra? So, Arti, let me uh, let me start with a small with a small anecdote. Okay. And this goes back to the time when our company first went public, and our then chairman, Mr. K. C. Mahindra, he set aside some shares, and this was fifty years ago, uh, for the company's employees. Uh, when several of the employees wrote back to him, thanking him for that gesture, he acknowledged their affection with one simple statement, which actually says it all. What he said back to them is, it's nice to have money, but it's nicer to have the things that money can, that it, but it's nicer to have the things that money can't buy. So just, just pause and reflect on that. It's nicer to have the things that money can't buy. And that is the bedrock of where we got started. Now, what are the things money can't buy? That is good governance. That is ethics. That is reputation. Right? All these things go hand in hand. Uh, the, uh, I've often reflected upon what is ethics. Frankly, life is a set of choices and ethics is simply about making the right choices and consistently making those right choices. Right? There are many times that we as a company, we as a group have chosen to be transparent even where there was no mandate for us to do so. So, uh, so we've been reporting back to our shareholders on corporate governance long before it was mandated uh, and long before it was needed. Uh, in India to do so. That's just one example of complete transparency and making the right choices. Now, coming to how we've institutionalized some of these high, uh, some of these high standards of governance uh, 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 into our behaviors and processes, because, you know, it's easy to say that uh, 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 it was in our DNA, but we have 
a number of employees who are you know completely new to the mahindra group right and institutionalizing it in their dna is as important as you know uh, uh, those who've been with the group for a very long period of time so uh, so here are some of the things we do uh, first of all rajesh has already spoken about the ecab behaviors and i will not repeat that but what i will say is that predating ecab uh, is is the core values of the mahindra group these we have five core values these include professionalism good corporate citizenship upholding the dignity of the individual at all times putting the customer first and a relentless focus on quality now most of these core values articulate the choices we make on how we deal with the world and these are immutable core values they've stood the test of time they represent who we are and this is and this is something that we drill into each of our employees and if an employee does is found falling foul with a core value of the group then i'm sorry uh, 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 you know uh, uh, there are extreme consequences uh, we can we can tolerate incompetence up to a point but we cannot tolerate uh, uh, any intransigence on core values and the real behaviors that we have already articulated then we have a comprehensive set of corporate governance policies these include a detailed code of conduct which we've simplified which we've made easy to understand and easy to live a, a a clearly articulated gifts and entertainments policy an anti bribery and corruption policy just to name a few now each of these policies has a training module which is mandatory and uh, uh, your the closure of your appraisal is linked to the completion of this the successful completion of all these training modules you spoke about our core purpose rise you uh, you have already alluded to that now rise is uh, you know uh, within our core purpose we have clearly called out ethics as being integral to who we are right uh, uh, if we want to rise to create a more equal world ethics and inclusion are two of the pillars on which that uh, I mean, we will actually make that happen uh we have we have put in place structures besides policies core values we've put in place a number of structures which which include an independent third party whistleblower helpline a clearly defined vigil mechanism uh, uh, a full governance structure which of course starts with the audit committee of the board there's a corporate governance council which both of us are members of rajesh and i along with the md Uh, and a couple of other people and then there are group and business level ethics and governance committees right uh, all any ethical issue is swiftly dealt with based on a clearly established process now one of the things we've noticed is that in the beginning when we set up the helpline there were very few complaints now the number of complaints that have come in and the resultant investigation and action that we've taken has has you know really made the uh, the fact that we are living what we speak about very clear to the entire set of employees and all other stakeholders it's not just employees everybody is watching all stakeholders are watching 
and uh, and this is you know uh, extremely transparent the way we act and i think above all rajesh has already spoken about it our leaders walk the talk leaders at all levels so so this is the way we institutionalize this we sorry there's one other thing i must mention we have a set of 400 plus ethics counselors as we call them who operate at the ground level in each and every department across the company and this really is uh, is is our way of ensuring that there is two way communication that any ethical dilemma at the ground level is 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 either dealt with there and then or is escalated and there is a clear answer that is given mm-hmm. so so i'll just stop here and just end by saying that we that we do this not only because of who we are and what we represent but also because it makes excellent business sense to do it mm-hmm. uh, uh, so it's it's both good for us and good for our business mhm mhm and risby you you and rajesh have framed it quite well and you even mentioned it there are just things money can't buy good reputation integrity uh that we can go on and on talking about that but uh certainly to add to that risby the mahindra group has been one of the earliest founding members of Ethisphere's Bella South Asia chapter really leading a growing quorum of of dedicated companies to advance ethical business practices across India and I do recall you previously sharing in one of your thought leadership pieces that ethical codes are like promises they never change they only get refreshed and that is how you that that consistency consistency is an example of how to impact meaningful progress So thank you for that Rusby. Thank you. My final question in the interest of time uh is one that was actually submitted by a Bella member at one of our quarterly meetings which I would like to pose to Rajesh. So with that Rajesh, how do corporate leaders stay motivated to include ethics in business strategy conversations? Yeah, so uh... Arthi, I'm just going to try and keep this short. Rusby has very comprehensively covered all the policies, but I'm going to just focus on one thing, which is how strongly is this is ethics and governance a part of leadership team reviews. So, just two quick points there. In our leadership council, uh, which we have on an ongoing basis, we always have a module uh, where we discuss ethics, governance, learnings that are coming out of that. So, that is one initiative. Uh, that i would do with my leadership team on a monthly basis i do a quarterly town hall at the end of uh, every quarter when our results come out with all our employees and we definitely in that town hall give an update on how we are doing on ethics and governance what are the number of open cases and you know the investigation status no names but an update that yes this is a very important part of what we believe in Uh, typically, we start the town halls with an update on how we're doing on the ethics and governance uh, councils. And uh, the third thing that I've been doing for the last two three years is doing a meeting with all the CFOs of the businesses directly. Uh, that we have, uh, you know, to create an open forum of engagement with them on ideas and areas of vulnerability on which you know. uh spend more time deep dive into our processes so it's a combination of uh, you know giving signals that this is very important 
along with creating leadership uh, interventions in process improvement uh, so that at every point of time our processes are matching our ethical intent in the business mm -hmm. so with that back to you rtm try to keep that short since you said in the interest of time <laughs> thank you thank you we we appreciate it but really to summarize what uh, you both have mentioned and pulling this conversation together I do recall seeing a quote from Mr. Anand Mahindra who shared it's not about how big we become, but how you become big. And uh, and today, Rajesh and Rusby, you've really taken the time to carefully explain and share your journey as, as you spoke to the how. How do you get there, which is very important and certainly an inspiration to all of the companies tuning in to this uh, video recording and Ethicast at our South Asia Ethics Summit. And I must add that an important part of all of that at the core is the ethical leadership, which thanks to leaders like you collectively drive a globally admired brand at the Mahindra Group. So with that, Rajesh and Rusby, thank you for your time and continuous support. We continue to admire and respect the work that you do each day. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much, Pleasure being with you.